Hey everybody, welcome to the 67th episode of the JDO Show. I am your host, JDO, and today on the show I brought David James Keaton back to talk about Alien Covenant. It is uh, an extremely fun conversation. I think that I'm going to have Dave back a lot, which which brings me to something that I kind of want to talk about. I'm, I'm starting to find out what exactly works for this show and uh, the stuff that maybe doesn't quite float y'all's boat quite as much as it might float mine. So I'm trying to kind of tailor it to the things that people seem to like. And oddly, somewhat unexpectedly, the episodes that seem to do the best are my ramble episodes, which is very, very strange. Um, Episodes where I talk about movies with people. And uh, that episode that I did with uh, Joey Grantham and Bud Smith did really well too. So I'm thinking about having uh, having those guys back pretty regularly, kind of uh, turning those things into segments almost. Um, it's going to be in October. It'll be a year that I've been doing this. And by the time it hits October, I'll probably have around 100 episodes. So at that point, um, after about a year, I'm going to start retooling. Sorry, I closed Skype when I opened this thing, and I'm getting eight messages about how I closed Skype. Yeah, computer, I know. Okay, anyway, so it'll have been about a year, and at that point, I want to start playing around with the format and, you know, see, like, kind of going more towards, oh my god, fucking Skype just came up again. I fucking close. oh my god, Jesus Christ, what is going on with tech? It's not even Mercury Retrograde, because I looked it up, but, like, the past two mornings, I've woken woken up and like nothing has worked. Like my internet didn't work today, so I couldn't get online and approve my timesheet for work and blah blah blah. And then the fucking hot water wouldn't work. It's a good thing that I've actually. I thought that to myself. I thought, you know, it's actually a good fucking thing that I've been practicing taking cold showers because when the heat goes out, I mean, that would have sucked ass if I wasn't a fucking powerhouse of tough guyness totally lost the thread of what I was talking about. Oh, yeah. So anyway, I'm going to start kind of making different segments for the show that I think people like. Um, I'm also, if the Patreon, if we can get it up to 500 bucks a month, um, I'll start adding bonus episodes, basically. And people who um, subscribe to the Patreon will get uh, one extra bonus episode for every uh, public episode. So I'm thinking about doing four, basically doing four free episodes a month, once a week. That's a pretty decent schedule. That's kind of what I've slipped into. Um, And then if the Patreon can get up to 500, then I'll start uh, adding in a bonus episode. So I'll basically be doing eight per month if you're subscribed. But the way it's worked in the past with Patreon rewards is that I've said that I was going to do something and then what will end up happening is like one or two people would sign up for it and then I'd be stuck like having to do this thing for like one or two people so in this case I guess the money kind of has to come first so if you want to go over to Patreon and contribute a dollar five dollars whatever as soon as it gets up to uh, 500 a month I will start doing um, one bonus episode and then, you know, maybe if it gets to like a thousand, then I'll add on another bonus episode um, and so on and so forth. But uh, unfortunately, like the money has to be there first because I can't like do five times the work for, you know, none of the benefits. Um, 
anyway, the show's doing really, really well. It keeps growing in popularity. Like every month we have more listeners than we had the month before. And we actually have fewer episodes than we did before. So it's like fewer episodes, more downloads. Um, so it's growing. That's exciting. Uh, let's see. There probably won't be a podcast next week because I'll be out of town. I'm shutting down all of my technology going on a week-long sabbatical, which I'll tell you guys all about when I get back. I might, you know, I might do a ramble episode before I leave and just schedule it to be posted uh, a week from now. Uh, let's see if there's any other news. Oh, yes, June 9th, Michael Kazepi's new short story collection, Gravity, comes out from Broken River. So last month we had Kelby Losak's Heathenish, which has been a pretty resounding success so far. Uh, this month, like I said, June 9th, look out for Michael Kazepis's new book, Gravity. Michael wrote Long Lost Dog of It, which if you haven't read that, that's also a Broken River book you should pick up. It's a Greek neo-noir with a, a, just a touch of Lynchian surrealism, and his stories kind of reflect that as well. Um, and then the month after that, July 11th, Broken River has uh, Hard Sentences coming out, which is edited by David James Keaton, who's on this episode, and Joe Clifford. And it's got uh, 15, I think, maybe maybe 18. It's got a shitload of stories, and they're all based around um, Alcatraz. So it's got really good It's got Nick Mamatas. It's got uh, Amber Sparks. It's got a bunch of crime dudes, you know, so like Gabino Iglesias and Rob Hart and uh, folks like that. A lot of names you'd recognize, and they're all doing work that I really, really uh, think is cool. Jed Ayers is in it. They're all doing pretty much top-of-the-line work for this anthology, so I'm super, super proud of it. Happy to have it coming out under Broken River. And then um, after July... The book release for August, I'm not entirely sure what it's going to be. I'm thinking it's going to be Jed Eyre's short story collection, um, Courtesy, Sympathy, and Taste. And then September will probably be Grant Waymack's uh, Black Gypsies. And then after that, hmm, after that, I'm not sure. Oh, yeah, we've got uh, a new Scott Adlerberg book on there. Gabino's supposed to be finishing something up. Uh, there's one that I haven't announced yet, but I've had her manuscript for a while and I need to get it read and get back to her. She's been very patient with me, but I probably won't say anything about that. And then the Broken River Review, I'm doing something kind of interesting with it. I got stories in there by Steve Rasnick, 10, Nick Mamatas, and James Salas, the guy who wrote Drive, which I was very, very excited about. Um, the story of that is kind of interesting. It was, a uh, <laughs> I guess I could tell the story, yeah. So basically, I wanted to do uh, a review similar to the Lazy Fascist review, uh, which is uh, put together by my friend Cameron. And I always thought that those are really cool, like slim volumes of short story uh, collections. So I put the call out for it, and it was a paying anthology, and I figured I'd get a few responses from it. And I ended up, Duotrope picked it up, so I ended up getting like 700 submissions, basically. And I got way in over my head, and I I got in touch with pretty much everybody who I rejected, but I didn't I like literally didn't take any of the stories, because um, when that happens, you end up getting people who are submitting wildly uh, inappropriate stuff 
for not inappropriate in terms of being offensive, but just inappropriate for a Broken River release. And so I kind of threw my hands up in the air and was like, oh my God, fuck this shit. But I still have three. Uh, no, actually I have four because I have Ben Whitmer. And I think I have a David James Keaton piece for it too. Anyway, I have all these pieces for it that I'm really, really proud of and that I fucking, I mean, for most of them, I paid for them too. So I want to find some way to like put those together. So I have a cover for it. Um, the stories don't really gel or like click together at all. So I'm almost thinking about writing a big piece for it about just about my misadventures with trying to uh, get that thing put together and how big of a fuck up it was and just kind of making it this sort of meta examination of my hubris and my sometimes, you know, my, my ambitions being bigger than my capabilities. I think that might make for a fun read. So anyway, I will stop talking now. This is Keaton and I talking about Alien Covenant, which we both enjoyed, uh, but it goes a lot deeper than that. We go into, man, we go into a ton of shit. You'll just have to to check it out. But we basically use Alien Covenant as a launch pad to talk about all manner of things. So please enjoy this 67th episode of The JDO Show featuring David James Keaton talking about Alien Covenant. Oh, and it sounds so good too, man. I mean, the whole reason why I wasn't doing it on the phone is because I had two episodes in a row with that like, you know, Unsolved Mysteries style uh, phone recording shit, you know? Where it's like, you know, and um, yeah, this it only works on her. Mine doesn't work at all anymore. I don't know what's going on. How old is your laptop, dude? Um, I don't know. It's big. It's like uh, it's like the size of a VCR. It's flat. <laughs> an Asus. Asus. Oh, I had well, uh, an, an, an Acer. Ace? No, Asus. Asus. Like A S U S. Oh, I've never heard of that. Very heavy, yeah. But I'm I'm partial to it. I don't I don't want to get on the Mac train. Yeah, my Mac. I was actually I was just talking to Rios about this before I called you, and my Mac is uh it's turning six this year, and uh I think it's time for a new computer. Every six years feels right. Yeah, I just want to have something that I can type on and like, I guess Facebook and Amazon, but I don't need much more, you know. Right, I don't need right. uh, whatever is all over. I'm looking at Amy's computer right now, and there's a lot of stuff on here. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to know it. I don't want to learn it. There's a lot of little logos. There's a lot of little icons. A lot of semiotics. I don't want to learn it. What, what does semiotics mean? It's the study of signs. So like a stop oh, sign. Right. 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 Like the like the Bart stuff. Like Roland Barton stuff. Yeah. Like if you see. Uh, if you see a stop sign, you only need a limited amount of information to figure out what it's going to tell you to do. Right. Like just the shape, just the color. Right. Well, my, my feeling about signs is why they always tell me what to do. Signs, signs, everywhere I look, signs. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a lot of – go ahead. Hmm. So you want to start this up and go one, two, three, go. One, two, three, go. Hey, Dave, go. thanks for being on the podcast. Hey, finally. Yeah, right? It's hard to... We have super busy schedules, the two of us. We're very popular people. It takes is that us a what while. it is? I thought I, I was on your... I thought I was on your pay-no-mind list for a minute there. Pay-no-mind? I don't even have a pay-no-mind list, dog. Like, I just... I have a um, out-chasing-butterflies list, I guess. <laughs> like, that's that's kind of what it is. I, I, sometimes I wonder about 
how many people are really upset with me because I never uh, like respond or got back to them. And, you know, they construct this thing in their head where, you know, David fucking hates me and he he completely ignored my request. And, you know, uh, this was very important to me. And then, you know, in my world, I'm over here like, <laughs> oh, hey, there's a new alien movie. Very cool. Right. Right on. I'm gonna, that, that, I'm gonna read I, a I do this. I did that with you. I, I was like 10 layers deep on reasons why and what and what is what has gone wrong between us but that happens every every imagined slight that i have so i just put you in that category but i'm i'm itching to talk about fucking alien dude well, start, I, start her off dude let's crack, crack so, it open i have so many theories i don't know should we should we jump right into to alien yeah dude we, i mean we, I've, we can jump into alien and then do, i forget do you watch twin peaks or no no, I was waiting till Amy got back. Okay, and that's can use her computer either. But I'm saving up the Twin Peaks for, her. and then I've been slogging my way through season two to try to. I want to know what's going to happen. Sort of. I mean, I, I understand it's more it's more Lynch than Peaks, so it's right. It's pretty abstract, which I love. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to at least get some idea where I left off because I never finished it. Did you see season two? It's the notoriously boring season. Although I hear it gets good at the end, I, I, I haven't got to the end yet. Well, no, I've 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 uh, I've I watched it. I watched season one and two probably five or six years ago, and I couldn't really, to be honest with you, remember what was going on. And I had every intention of watching both of them, but I looked at it and I was like, sixty hours? What the fuck? No way!" So, um, yeah. so I bailed it's on tough. that. Yeah, they make, especially season two, they make their point early and then you'll click to see where you're at and you got an hour to go or something. You're right, like, oh my right. God, well, another mean, hour of, of hijinks of like the broad comedy stuff. Sure. Again, if, if that, if the, if fire walk with me and then this new show didn't exist, I would settle for that a hundred percent. But I know that I know he's been unleashed, you know, so I just want to catch up, finally put season two to bed. And I, it actually it got interesting there in the middle with the guy in the wheelchair. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Creepy. I like that. I like the, you know, when's he gonna wake up? Is can he hear what they're saying? That's some good shit. And Lynch loves he loves the person that's been horribly injured standing move. He's done that a few times. Where Wait, what do you mean? I don't know what you mean. Like somebody will have a mortal injury, but they're still standing or doing something that somebody wouldn't normally do. Like uh, Bobby Theroux. Or Bobby Peru and uh, Wild at Heart, or something like that. Like he he like he has he he's like super injured, and then he's like walking, and he trips because he's all fucked up, and then he blows his face off, right? Like, well, I, yeah, that that's clo- close. To what I'm saying, there's people that are actually dead. Will just stand there, like um, in Blue Velvet, the uh, one of the cops um, at the very end of the movie, he's standing in the corner of the room. And you're not sure what's going on because the guy just seems to be standing there, but he's got blood coming out of his ear and blood coming out of his mouth. And he's oh, got the walk yeah. coat and he has like a muscle spasm where he knocks the top off a lamp, but he's just standing there dead until somebody shoots him again. And then he just sort of collapses. So the, the guy in the wheelchair, um, I just got to the part where he's standing up, he's somewhere in the house standing up and, um, it's not the same situation, but I know he likes he likes that uh, guy standing in the corner being creepy and mortally injured thing. At least have, you ever, my... have you ever been on, uh, uh, seen that Wikipedia article about a guy? I think he's a scientist. His name is Guy Standing. 
and his Wikipedia picture of him is him in a chair, and the caption says "guy standing sitting." <laughs> no, it's a lot of a lot of effort for that joke, but it's totally worth it, dude. It's yeah. Well, I mean, I guess it's 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 circumstance, really. I mean, they just had to find one picture of him sitting, but but no, yeah. I think that uh, you mentioned a few minutes ago that you know people are talking about how this is you know Lynch unleashed or or very inland empire ish. And I, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I won't spoil anything for you, but I disagree with that assessment. I still well, I can't wait to talk about it. I, um, I mean, I'm a big fan of whatever Lynch does. I don't, I'm trying to think. Does he have any duds? Um, I mean, there's it's, part, it's you can't. There, how do you how do you how do you even judge his work? You know, it's that's the thing. He's 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 fucking Teflon when it comes to anybody trying to some sort of you know pedantic uh message out of his movies because it's pure cinema it's pure visuals so that's what i'm hoping for that's why um that's why i'm gonna savor it yeah uh, yeah, yeah no, I, I agree i don't think there's really any bad ones i mean there's there's boring parts of his movies but i mean again it's it's stuff that's boring but then when you get through it it kind of it's like laying the the foundation basically and you realize that you were just bored for 15 minutes because now you're super scared and plus you're you're probably bored for other reasons you're probably not in a a position to be watching a movie anyway i mean my my new theory is that uh, uh, people's opinions of movies are that's like the least important thing regarding movies they and it's and it's not what's that oh i said i love it so far yeah it means it means nothing at all and it's not only is it meaningless but it's also based on so many other factors like especially nowadays where everything's based on what somebody else said about it so everybody comes to for example this new alien movie with the baggage of the previous alien movies and what everyone else hyped it and whatever was happening that day whatever their expectations were and none of those things exist with that movie the movie just it shouldn't have to deal with it it shouldn't have to deal with that shit Mm -hmm. and that's why everybody's opinion of it about saying it's good or bad, even the worst movie is it's exempt from that shit. It doesn't, mm-hmm. they don't matter. And I, this is, I mean, it's starting to creep into sound like game theory or something, but it doesn't mean anything at all until like nobody's opinion of a movie is valid. It's all based on all these other factors. Nobody has a pure opinion of a movie. They would have to be put in such a, extreme you know clockwork orange situation Mm -hmm. and still still it wouldn't work like it's all based on expectations or what some idiot said about something else and set you up it happens to me every time i go see a movie is i can't filter out expectation or other people's opinions or things that happened before so the the best thing i can do is to lower expectations to rock bottom and then (laughs) have some sort of of pleasure out of it no, for sure. No, no, and that's that. That's where the almost good co- thing comes from, right? And I think almost good. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. And and that's that's. It's almost like, um, I think what you're saying and and my sort of thought process on watching movies are kind of intersecting. Um, I do agree with you that you can't come to a movie with like this weird objective subjectivity. Right. Like that's because that's what that's what some people might think that they have. Right. Is that they're they're in a vacuum. They're untouched by the germs of the outside and they are experiencing this thing 
uh, based on their very firmly built right. in standards yeah, yeah. of whatever. That's that's all bullshit. But like, when, and then when they assess it, it's it's like they they're not even allowed to do that. They're not a, other people are not allowed to assess movies. Right. Right. How can we stop them? How can we stop them? <laughs> <laughs> but there are people who, um, and so basically, like my thought process is that like there's two types of criticism. One is um, ignoring that this sort of weird prison exists, right? That you're that we're all kind of stuck in. Uh, the second kind, the kind that really works, is acknowledging that it exists and attempting as best as possible to understand a movie on the movie's terms. And that's where the best criticism comes in, right? Like Priscilla Page at Birth Movies Death does a really good job because you feel like she's trying to understand where the movie was trying to come from and then judge it based on those merits. Yeah, I, th- I, I would agree with that. That's close to, I think that's kind of what Pauline Kael did. She was yeah. one of the, yeah. the greats. Yeah. Came to it, she found... You know, she's found some sort of pleasure in just about anything. But um, I just I just like the level of hypocrisy we're going to we're going to fucking wallow in here when we go on to assess this alien movie as if we said as if we said none of this shit, because the hypocrisy is just amazing. I love hypocrisy. It's my jam. It's me warm. Well, I, of- I think I think I think that like actually analyzing something and and trying to come to some sort of like conclusion through discussion is a completely different thing than people getting on Facebook, you know, and posting. I liked Alien Covenant, and then the next comment is, "No, that movie was trash." Right? Like, oh, I, I don't understand. I literally, stop. I can't get inside the fucking heads of people Dude, who would I actually know that, do that shit. I watch, I watch you react to those. <laughs> I react to them too, but I, I react to them in such a like uh, um, disproportionate manner that I never get a response. But I, I, your response to it, I can feel the anger coming off my screen. It's, it's. <laughs> It's like a bonfire. Right. You'll say something, and then somebody—I uh, don't know—a high school friend. I'll look at it. It'll say three mutual friends, and they're all—you know—they all look like they're from your hometown. Mm-hmm. And they'll say something like, "Oh, that fucking sucked." And I can just—I can just hear your head exploding, and you'll just be <laughs> like, uh, "Thanks for that, bro. Suck a dick," or something like that. <laughs> and then they—then they're just like, "Well, I got to prove it to him now." Right. Uh, and if if we could somehow if we can't stop people from assessing movies if we could stop them from commenting on Facebook that would be the best thing. Like I I think I I'm from the heyday of the blogs you know where you just you had a blog and you typed out your shit and no one ever s- responded to it right. and it just floated there and it was a beautiful thing. <laughs> now I, I try to do the same thing and people fucking show up and they start talking. And it's like, oh, God, I got to smooth this out because you're not nearly as entertaining as I just was. Right. Or you're like, right. who is this fucking asshole who's got to contradict everything or somebody who's going to explain to you why you're wrong? And they just that's why I, I, I dream of the turning off comments feature, which still hasn't happened yet. Oh, it'd be so great. And that's that's the problem that's like baked into Facebook, right, is that uh, because there's a bar where you can express your opinion, people think that you're supposed to in a way and it's kind of like no you can just like not you can just not do that you know you can just like like i run into this all the time it's why i really stopped trying to be funny because i got so (laughs) tired of like doing a joke and then like oh here comes garrett cook to make my joke better 
You know, <laughs> well, that's that poor bastard is burdened by the fact that he's pretty witty. Yeah. So he'll bomb your thread and he will be funnier. And then you're like, you fuck. Yeah. You're not, yeah, yeah, yeah. not allowed here anymore. Right, right, right. Exactly, exactly. But like, so Garrett's probably a bad idea or, or a bad uh, example because he's uh, actually funny. But, you know, people who come in and they just they they do the dad thing, you know. Oh, the they, dad joke. I love yeah. those, though. Yeah, where they're just like, oh, this is what you meant. This is this is what the joke is. I'm going here's to spell pun. it out. Here's one version. Yeah. yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. So, so okay. So, how uh, before we get into Alien Covenant, what where do you stand on just like the series in general? Like, I kind of want to do a rundown to see where we stand. Okay. So, okay. Um, so first first movie. First movie, um, love it. It's, uh, I guess. If I was to put them in order of, what, of how much I like them, for to simplify it, I would probably put it in reverse order. That I like them a little less as they go along, but I still really like them. Right. Um, right. So the first one was essentially perfect. And that, again, based on when it happened, what it was sort of a response to at the time, it was... You know, it was uh, and, and the, the, even the guy, the the writer O'Bannon said it was you know truckers in space, and so it was an answer to the antiseptic two thousand one looking white screen, you know, white walls, uh, fucking classical music playing. Instead, it was a bunch of gritty, filthy spaceships and um, not scientists. You know, the uh, what's his name? Um, I want to say Dean Stockwell, Harry Dean Stanton. He's mm-hmm. Uh-huh. he's barely functional as far as a human being, right. but that's, what's amazing right. about it. He's just, he's just some grunt labor. That's what made it amazing. Cause here you had shit that was beat up and it looked lived in. And that had the effect of making, you know, me think this is real. You know, this looks like a, an actual possibility where 2001, I never, even though that's supposed to be the most scientifically accurate science fiction movie, it's all based on, uh, existing or, um, upcoming technology but it doesn't feel it doesn't feel real to me it it has that real abstract ending whereas the first alien when i saw it it it, you know my dad um worked at uh, toledo edison was an electrical worker and a lot of that gear looked like a lot of the gear that was in our garage and these guys looked like they were blue collar guys dealing with the situation and dealing with it in a blue collar way which was um besides what my one friend calls uh which she she loves the uh, alien movies because she enjoys disappointing male leadership, <laughs> and they they have a wonderful tradition of disappointed disappointing captains. You know, right. that's another thing I liked about Covenant, which we'll get to, is they all. Yeah, so the so those movies. Um, did you hear when I said uh, a friend of mine? She's she's really into the fact that those movies have disappointing male leadership, disappointing captains. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Covenant's got that, and I like that, even though. That character sucked, but I like the idea of their captains always suck. And that's that feels real to me. You know, it feels uh, and that was the big surprise with the first alien was that captain you assumed was going to be was going to take over. And he had that look. It was what's his name? Um, The guy that was the guy, uh, one of the instructors in Top Gun. He's in Poison Ivy. I can't think of his fucking name, but he has a cap. He's got a captain look to him, you know. And he's the first one fucking killed. Well, second one killed. And uh, anyway, long story short, I love the first one because it looked real. Second one also subverted expectations. It had a, a rewrite of the 
um, mythology of the creature, but that makes perfect sense if you look at the fact that they've done that every single fucking time. And that's another one of the gripes about the, Covenant. That I, what was go the ahead. Rate? Well, the the first movie, um, the life cycle of the creature is uh, spider fucks your face. Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, thing jumps out of your chest. It grows to be – it mixes with your DNA so you have some sort of hybrid baby. Mm-hmm. That hybrid baby then uh, grabs a hold of uh, humans and then cocoons them so that they turn into eggs. Uh, that eggs-making scene is – you can see it on the extended cut of the first movie, but oh, it was cut out of the theatrical version. So there's a scene where she comes across all the people that have been kidnapped throughout the movie and one of them is a total egg. And then you've got one with like a, a Harry Dean Stanton head on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's an egg from the neck down. And then you've got uh, Captain Dallas who's like, kill me. And then she f- takes her flamethrower and she burns them all up. Right. So, the, so the original movie, the life cycle was very self-contained. It didn't need any more um, layers to it. It was It started and ended in a nice loop. So Cameron never saw, I guess, the uh, the director's cut. He saw the theatrical version. So he had them asking the question in his movie, where do these eggs come from? That's the part that we don't understand. Then, All these The eggs. queen. The queen comes in. Right. Yeah. So they throw a big queen at you. So then three um, is the first one where you realize they're not really – they don't all look the same because it comes out of an animal but depending on which – yeah, in, unless you see the director's cut, and then it comes out of an ox, but still a four-legged creature. Right. So it so it moves different now, and it looks different. So that's a new addition. And then four, <laughs> this fucking batshit movie. I love that one. <laughs> I love that one. I'm not going to apologize for loving that movie. There's a lot. There's a lot to like in that movie, actually. But uh, it's it's a fiasco. But it's uh, it, again, it introduces a new life cycle to it. It has this big hybrid baby that's in a big egg sack, and yeah. that one. That was a big mess. Uh, but again, they, they reinvent it. So when I saw people griping about Covenant, um, the one thing I when they're saying, well, now they've they've retconned the way the creature comes to being. Now they're saying that the robot invented them. That makes perfect sense to me. Be- first of all, because there's a tradition of them changing it every fucking time, depending <laughs> on who the movie. But also because in the very first movie, that robot goes – uh, haywire because he's so fascinated by this perfect creature and i know they mm-hmm. they make a feedback loop there by having the new movie the guy say that same line sure but it's a great way to close that up because that means he created something that another synthetic human would recognize as a manufactured thing right. and you can it's not hard to imagine even though that's not the intention back then but that shit doesn't matter it's easy to imagine that first robot going nuts because he looked through that microscope and thought this is something that was made by a, a perfect being, you know, mm-hmm. and that's why he goes fucking bon- and That's why he decides that must be saved among uh, before anything. So that's some smart shit. And that and when I see people saying, oh, it's fucking demystifies it. It's like demystifies it like they've ne- they haven't followed it from from even the, the original version. Is, it's never been right. It doesn't have to be. It it can change depending on who does it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So does that your question was how? What do I think of the movies? Does that answer that? Uh, more or less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and I think that's a that's a really good way to kind of get into uh, Covenant and also Prometheus too. Like I feel like we need to talk about Prometheus because I felt like a lot of people's problems with Prometheus, which I mean, it's not like a super great movie. It's not you know 
my favorite by a long shot as far as the Alien franchise goes. But I always, I feel like people's problems with this movie uh, and Covenant have to do with like this weird mistake they make where they think that like science has to has to work yeah it's 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 dumb i mean the 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 reasoning there is dumb i we tried to get to the bottom of it um the other night when before i got a group of people to go see covenant um we were out at uh out at the bar and i was saying i was asking anybody who would listen why do people hate prometheus and first there was some miscommunication where they thought i was talking about the actual fucking myth mm-hmm. and they're like oh so you mean uh, this and then they start talking about the actual fucking prometheus and this, that was confusing and annoying right. but the uh nobody could really pin it down except to say that it they hated it on like a on a visceral level because of the way people act because of the way people acted that seems to be the it, it took them right out of it hmm. and it and i didn't push the issue that much but I just kept thinking, first of all, that's a horror movie you're describing, which is what it's supposed to be. So does that mean that Prometheus looked too good and had too many expectations? So people thought it was going to be more than a horror movie. So they don't want people to make fatal mistakes. And also, I mean, the first movie, it's bad decisions from the fucking get, right? They, everything is a bad decision. They like, if even if the second movie aliens mm-hmm. with the military, mm-hmm. if the military doesn't fuck up every step of the way and make terrible decisions, and that's not even a scientist who could be clouded by their excitement. That's somebody who's trained to be self-reliant and that military fucks up everything so bad because the movie would be over in 20 minutes. Right. So nobody has a problem with that because um, I don't know why, because that, you need people to fuck up to continue these things along. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Like that's like that's that's actually how like movies like work. Most movies work. <laughs> yeah, is is people making awful decisions. I saw a tweet that I really liked. I think it actually. I, I, I keep bringing her up, but I think it was Priscilla Page again, and she's like, "If you have a problem uh, with the way the characters act and act in uh, um, Prometheus and Alien Covenant." She's like, I've got some really bad news for you when it comes to actual human beings, you know, or yeah, exactly. Or the other alien movies. <laughs> right. I mean, is, is that the I mean, that isn't the movie they want, right? They do they really want people not making bad decisions in a horror movie? Because that means every horror movie is a five minute conversation mm-hmm. on how they're going to avoid the danger in a smart way. Right. Credits yeah. like that's what you would get. Like, well, did, you think, the, think, did you ever see? Did you ever watch? Hey, uh, does, uh, Dij, uh, what is it? Darjeeling Limited. You remember that movie? I, I the, fuck, I, the train. Fuck, I fucking hate Wes Anderson. So okay. I never saw it. Okay, it starts off with like a little fifteen-minute short called Hotel uh, Hotel Chevalet or whatever the fuck it is. Mm. It's it's a tiny little French film, and it's like ten minutes of contemplation of before. Course. Of course, it is. Yeah. That's what horror movies would look like if people <laughs> didn't make bad decisions. <laughs> That's, no, that's what true. Yeah, is true. that what people want? They don't want that. So what are they talking about? I think expectations were too high. I thought I think they thought it was going to be like 2001, and then when the gore kicked in, they 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 were embarrassed. They were there. I can't I can't explain it. Well, I think the biggest thing that I saw with Prometheus was people had a problem that these scientists took their helmets off in an alien world, which they actually. In uh, Alien Covenant, they address, like, they sort of, like, check the air 
and say, right. okay, it's good for human, you know, whatever. And then I, I feel like I feel like Alien uh, Covenant really kind of fucks with people because it, the, as soon as they take the helmets off, they're literally breathing in the parasite, right? Right. So that that seems I, to I be a, that was... a, a direct addressing of like people's concerns with that, where yeah, not they 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 go back and they say, oh, okay, cool guys, it's clear. And then as soon as they take their helmets <laughs> off, they're out there like sniffing some strange spore that ends up, you know, with this this goopy thing coming out of their throat or back or whatever. Exactly. You know? Yeah, it felt like a, a big fuck you to the people that complained about the other thing. It's, it's like if if this, if you didn't like that, here is another really hazardous uh, substance. And I mean, what are you going to do? Not have contact with the movie? Right. You, you can't. I, they they have to make bad decisions. There's and so many only, bad you decisions. You only have and, two hours. The movie is already too long, right? Like it's it's just it's, it's too. I would agree. Hours. It's it's just slightly too long, and, and we're gonna get to that because it got. You know why it's too long? Because the fucking fanboys pissed and moaned about getting an alien in there, and they tagged on this fucking half-ass alien remake onto the end of a decent movie. Yeah. And yet, and they didn't need it. It felt over when that started to happen. I I know exactly where you're going with that, but yeah, but we can go back. I mean, like. But yeah, but just just to just to kind of put a pin on that, uh, like why they take their helmets off? Because, dude, it's a it's not real. It's not right. It's not exactly. real. And, and it's and, they have to make they have to make mistakes. Like in aliens, so many mistakes. Right. Offering Ripley cornbread that's a mistake. Do you right. remember when they offer a corn, she smacks a cornbread away? Yeah, shouldn't have offered her cornbread. That's a mistake. <laughs> And why? That raises a good point. Why are they eating cornbread? Right. Why are they eating spaghetti and cornbread? Do you remember the first movie? They're eating spaghetti. Yeah, 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 That's no, a, totally. Yeah, yeah. Why? Why are they carb loading in space? You're supposed to eat like astronaut ice cream and and little fucking packets. <laughs> they're they're pound, they're pounding spaghetti. They're pounding spaghetti and cornbread. I'm going to name, sp- name this episode, Why Are They Carb Loading in Space? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, that's a mistake, right? Yeah, that's yeah. a mistake. Nobody's complaining about that. That's a mistake. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Well, no, I mean, I think I think that, like, I think what ends up happening is that you have a few people who've uh, somehow managed to uh, leverage their Asperger's syndrome into a job writing about movies. Um, and then people read that and people who want to seem smart like they adopt that opinion, you know, oh, Prometheus, like that, that's a huge conversation. That's like a big can of worms, but, but like between you, me and whoever's listening, uh, I don't actually think that people dislike movies the way they say they do. I think that a lot of people tend to adopt opinions that they read that sound smart. Yeah. I think that, I think you're right there. I think that's exactly what's happening is I think people mistake being able to recognize that the character made a mistake is like they scored a point by pointing it out. That's that kind of shit when it, that it's dangerously close to this. Like when I went to see alien covenant, I made the mistake of sitting next to these two dudes who commented on every fucking thing that was happening on the screen and not even in a way that was interesting. They were just saying what they were looking at. <laughs> so <laughs> and I'm not even fucking kidding. So the guy starts smoking. He's like, he's smoking just shit like shit like that. And that's what you're kind of doing when you point out that they take their helmets off. Right. It's like you've recognized they made a mistake. Yes, you understand how movies work. But instead, they they want to score a point on Facebook like they've they've found the hole. Right. I mean, come on. Right. Right. Yeah. No, I uh, I, I think that uh, I was going into the movie theater 
and I uh, I went on Facebook and I, I right before I got I was waiting for my nachos to be done you know and uh, I was literally standing outside the theater about to go into Alien Covenant and I looked on there and the first thing that popped up was this fucking disaster of a person um, <laughs> just like po- like posting like. Oh, why don't real sci-fi films get made? And then uh, garbage like Alien Covenant is around. This is just disastrous. And I'm just like, your life is a shambles. And you have the audacity, <laughs> the audacity to criticize this pretty goddamn good movie that other people enjoy. Like, like you're literally saying, my life sucks so bad. I am going to take to social media and, and make goddamn sure that nobody else enjoys this shit. I just, I can't wrap my head around it, dude. I swear he was sitting right next to me when I saw Covenant and he was going <laughs> and he was saying wheat, trees. <laughs> that is one I thing, s- one funny thing, people, uh, but like your, your litmus test for how you feel about movies like this is I, I personally loved uh, the line where that uh, Hispanic dude grabs the wheat, right? Because, okay, so, the, so so they land on the planet and there's wheat everywhere. And he's like, this is wheat. I know wheat. <laughs> like, that's awesome. That line yeah, fucking goes. Yeah, I, I, was, I was fully on board. Plus, the whole, the whole it was theater, giant, the whole... like, space wheat. It yeah, was like, exactly. Because exactly. those, they're bigger, right? They're, so their wheat's even bigger. Right. And so everybody in the theater laughed. Oh, can you like, hear me? Yeah, yeah, I'm still here. Can I think you... I lost you. Hello? Hello? Hold on. Hello? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Hello? I think I lost you. Hello? Oh, now I heard you. Hello? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, now I can hear you. Okay, I couldn't hear you there for quite a while after wheat. <laughs> oh, okay. So I was <laughs> so I was in the theater and uh like people cracked up and half of it was like this derisive nerd laughter, you know, like, Oh, right. That's a dumb line. But then like people who love cinema and movies, like that, 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 that was the laughter of like joy. Like that's just, it was oh, yeah. just like delightfully goofy, like delightfully like that, like, a, like that's a stupid line, but it's kind of awesome in its own way. It's too. awesome because it's, yeah, it's giant wheat mm-hmm. and it was, and it, it's kind of, I didn't even realize people would, do something like that until when I first, when I saw the first Batman film, um, do you remember the, uh, the Tim Burton Batman? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I, I go to see that. And, um, at the time, you know, there was no internet, but there was, apparently there was some sort of, uh, controversy amongst the comic book kids that, uh, Prince was doing the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. So to, to cool comic book guys back in the eighties, Prince wasn't cool. I know it's hard to imagine now where he's anointed and finally gets the, the credit he deserves. But back then he was considered pop music or a joke. And there were people that thought it was shitty music because it was so popular. It was all over the radio, purple rain. And so uh, I'm watching Batman in the theater and there's the sequence where the Joker, Jack Nicholson is trash in the museum and they're playing uh, Prince's party man. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, the scene's going on and it's like, party man, and he's knocking shit over and dancing around and fucking mugging for the camera and being a big goofball. And it's over. And that I, I didn't think anything of that scene except that it served its purpose. And there's this fucking undulating fucking fat body next to me. And he goes, <laughs> and as soon as the song ends, he goes, good. And, I, and it was baffling to me. I thought, good. He, why did he hate that? 
why did that upset him so much? Right. And that, it gave me my first, that was my first, um, my first, like, I guess, fanboy experience. Like it, it wasn't good enough for somebody who was really into what they weren't getting what they, they didn't see the respect being given that they thought it should be get, being like given. I don't scenes that contain too much movement. Yeah. Or, <laughs> but it, but Prince wasn't cool enough for this piece of shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. And it, it was it was really confusing to me. And now that's all that are movies. You got all these people that are very, it's very ironic. You know, their their joy of it is always this. this there's an, a little bit like you said, an irony to their laughter. Mm-hmm. And it drives me up a fucking wall. Um, it, this happened with uh, Cannibal Holocaust, one of those horrible uh, Italian. Yeah, yeah, I uh, see. Ho- yeah, yeah. You've seen it. Okay. So there's actual, you know, animal killing in it. And a friend of mine pointed out, he said, that movie uh, is a good barometer if you want to screen out the hipsters, the scenesters. What you do is you show that movie and they, he went to a screening of it and all these people are giggling and they're making fun of it because it's, you know, kind of cheesy. And then shit starts to go and down. They, and then they fucking cut a turtle's head off and fucking rip its shell off. And yeah, in real time. Yeah. And which is a terrible thing to do, but which what's great about that particular effect is that they shut the fuck up and they realize that they're they're in over their head. They're, they they aren't at something that you're just there to mock. And it's too bad it has to be as extreme as animal cruelty. <laughs> but uh, my my friend Mark was like, it's it's amazing to watch the scenesters shut the fuck up as soon as that starts to get right. serious and right. and turn into a really immoral presentation on the screen. Sure. Sure. It shakes, it shakes him out of it. And that's, and what I was saying to him was that's uh, probably the first time that they paid attention for a minute that they fucking quit trying to be funny, quit trying to be mystery science theater and just shut the fuck up and look at the screen. Mm -hmm. And you can't, they can't do it anymore because they're seeing it through a lens of so much um, expectation. And how am I going to comment on this later? And they can't stay off their fucking phones. Well, I mean, I, I think that's so interesting is that that sort of ties back into what we were talking about with the helmets getting taken off. Like, that's not realistic. That's not realistic. And then it becomes realistic. And it's like, oh, bitch, you didn't want it to be realistic. <laughs> you actually didn't want realism. You know, like you, 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 you walk into something knowing that it is fiction. It's a film. Right. It's movie. Right. It, this is not reality. And then... You like the fact that you know that you're going to be able to walk in and point to something and be like, that doesn't reflect my experience, you know? Yeah, and the, and I just don't understand what they want. I mean, it is the happy medium between extreme realism wouldn't be any fun because then you'd have alien but cannibal holocaust. They don't want that. So what, And they don't want uh, pure fantasy because that's not you know what real scientists would do. So yeah. somebody came up with a happy medium for them and it's still not good enough because – all they're doing is they're they're just trying to score points by pointing out something that somebody shouldn't have done, not wouldn't do, but shouldn't have done. And there's a big distinction there. No, there is. And I also think that one of the like blights on the culture of film watching has been uh, MST3K, which is a fantastic show, and the new season is really good too. Like they they the 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 reason why folks uh, that MST3K works is because it's a scripted television show. 
where uh, they watch these movies and actually like write jokes about them. Like I've right. met, I've met so many dudes with like big tits and anime t-shirts <laughs> who've been like, you know what? I like to just go to movies and I just MST3K them. I just MST3K them. Oh my and god! And what that means is they go to movies and they like wait for something and then they go, oh, oh yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. dude. Seriously, call in, call in the fucking airstrike because <laughs> you cannot. That is such a violation, a violation of the of the church of film. I mean, right. I've only the only time I ever laughed when somebody made a joke in a the theater. And it's, this is going to be really dumb now. But it was a <laughs> I've got one, too. So so do yours. and I'll do mine. It, it was and it, it's not going to be funny at all. But for some reason, it struck me as funny. When I think about it, it's funny. It was the uh, it was a trailer. So maybe that was why it was OK. But it was a trailer for the movie Castaway. And the Castaway trailer was one of the first really lean trailers, you know, because it was all going on by star power. You didn't need a whole lot. You just show Tom Hanks mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like something bad happens to him. And then, oh, shit. So it was him and the plane crash. And then he's on the island and he hasn't really said anything. And it starts to dawn on him that he's by himself. And he says, hello, hello. And then some dude, some dude in the back goes, I'm right here, Tom. <laughs> 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 and, it's, and it's and it's fucking dumb but it was funny it that's was funny. funny that's funny mine it made is, me laugh mine is uh was it, it was it was earnest maybe that's what it was mine was at no country for old men um it, we i'm already all, laughing <laughs> we get all the way through the movie and uh <laughs> it's uh the last scene where tommy lee jones is talking about his dream right and he's, he's, he's talking to his wife and he's like, you know, and I went out there and I saw my dad and he was carrying that fire and I just had to carry that fire. And, and then, you know, he goes and goes, goes and then he says, and then I woke up and then the screen goes to black and somebody completely accidentally just lets a huge fart rip. <laughs> like, 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 and then I woke up, it's like, and then the guy goes, oh my God, I'm sorry. <laughs> Perfectly done. <laughs> oh shit! Well, okay. Well, I got I got one more then because I okay. this I just remember that when you were telling me that one. I might I might have told you this uh, off of off of the podcast. Uh, did I tell you when I went to see Black Swan and some drunk dude was there? That sounds familiar. Does this ring a bell? Sounds familiar. Yeah. But, but I go to see Black Swan and there's a guy there's a guy sitting like back in a couple rows or a couple seats over, but behind me. And uh, it's it's me and I think it was Amy and maybe my sister was there. There was a few witnesses, though. And this guy's buddy shows up and his, his buddy's late and his buddy is in the fucking bag. He's ripped. Yeah. And he comes in with uh, comes in with a bunch of beers like in every, every pocket. And he rolls. <laughs> he rolls in late. He rolls in late, so he doesn't know what the fuck's going on. So he's real noisy about it. He's like, what the fuck? Because he's in Black Swan. Like, <laughs> there's, there's, some, there's some magic realism going on. So he sits down next to his buddy, and his buddy's kind of laughing because you can tell he's dealt with – I'm just going to call him Jerry for the sake of the story. Yeah. You can tell he's dealt with Jerry before. And so he's kind of snickering, and I can't help but kind of enjoy it too because the guy is just total unabashed confusion and excitement about right. what he's seeing. And so there, it comes to the big lesbian scene with what Natalie Portman and what's the, the yeah yeah and he he can't contain himself so he stands up he stands up and he's standing in the aisle and the guy's like dude Jerry sit the fuck down sit down Jerry and he's like Tsh, pops another fucking beer 
And he's like, yes. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, Jerry, Jerry, just sit the fuck down. He's like, no way. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, dude, hold on. I got to pee. I'll be right back. Oh, that was great. All right. All right. <laughs> I can hear doggy's feet while your pet. I can hear that puppy's feet. Who's a good boy? Who's a good boy? Are you a good boy? Who's a good boy? Who's a good puppy? Are you a good puppy? Are you a good puppy? Who's a good puppy? Get him. Go get him. Who's a good puppy? Who's a good puppy? Come here. All right, I'm back. Thinking about. I was trying. I was trying to talk to your dog while you were gone. I don't think. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think she was feeling it. <laughs> so uh, um, okay, so we've gone. Uh, if we got to the movie yeah. near an hour without talking about alien covenant so you want to well, well yeah jump right into it I, I let we should talk about i guess our we, we should probably frame it in what we we expected to see I, I think i got what i expected in a lot of ways i yeah like, like when i go to see an alien movie i want i mean number one you you said it too you want a spider to fuck someone's face yep did you get that you got that totally we want disappointing captains or disappointing male leadership, as my friend Angela says. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want a spaceship with an ominous name. Right. Uh, it was Covenant, right? Was the name? Yeah, of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very spooky. Not as spooky as Icarus. What, what movie was? Oh, well, that was that wasn't an alien movie. That was uh, Sunshine. But uh, I mean, imagine. Right, right, right. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. Sunshine was Icarus. Yeah, yeah. Because the other See, ones were like what N- N- Nostromo, Prometheus, Nostromo, Can you imagine naming your ship Icarus and you're going to go on a mission towards the sun? Like, <laughs> why would you do that? That seems it's like a, a big little, mistake. It's a little on the nose, right? It's a little on the nose. Yeah. Um, I want I want an alien attack that's weirdly sexual. I, I think I got that. Even if it was in the shitty part of the movie, yeah. I got a weirdly sexual alien attack. Where, I mean, oh, it's which the, is the, no okay. So so, I I feel like that is actually one of my favorite scenes where the tongue comes out through the guy's mouth. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty good. It was so great. They did that. They did that once. Well, they didn't do exactly that. They did uh, in Alien Four mm-hmm. when the guy's flipping out. He holds it. Um, he holds somebody else up to his chest so that it comes yeah, out through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, then yeah. through their face, which is a pretty complicated way to, to get to where they wanted to get in this one, which is let it come out of someone else's mouth. Right. But yeah, that's definitely weirdly sexual, which is a no brainer. I mean, it's literally a gi- giant black dick. I mean, come on. Sure, sure, sure. It's going to it's going to do that. Exactly. Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's a dick with legs. Have you ever seen the original sketch? I mean, it's it's not even a joke. It's a dick with the ridges on it and everything. It's a dick with feet and arms. Oh, no, that's what uh, I think. I think everybody from. Uh... Giger to Ridley Scott actually has just has like it's pretty well documented that aliens a giant like like rape scare right right like, like that that's a sure. movie and that's why the movie is so fucking creepy 
because uh, you could tell that like Giger, who designed the things, he like liked the idea of being fucked by an alien. Right, so yeah, they, yeah. they got a guy who was like into it, you know. He's like, <laughs> like I think this is good idea. You know, he, he smoked like eight million cigarettes during his life. You know, that, you, do you watch that documentary with him? I did. Where it's like did. his it house, great. and his house great. looks he like was, the um, inside of the like down. He was spaceship. smaller than I thought. I've always thought of him as a giant freaky dude. Yeah, he's like, I like the. the oh, I lost you. Wait a second. Hello. Here, here, we just have to restart the recording, and there we go. Yeah, but no, like uh, it was it was basically like the documentary was him and he's like he's just like you could tell that the the man is he's he's knocking on heaven's door, right? Like he's <laughs> right. almost there but like they start talking about the alien and how like it's it penetrate and he's like <laughs> like he starts to stir, you know, like he just starts to vibrate. <laughs> And that's what makes it so effective is that, like, the, the creature was created from a point of, like, real admiration and love, not not fear. But it's fucking creepy, you know? Yeah, it's fucking creepy. And, but that's, I mean, that's what we want. And, um, and to some extent, we get that. I feel like Hellraiser's and, uh, along the same lines, too. Like, I feel like the Hellraiser characters were made with love. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I think we got, uh, from those other things I was talking about, I wanted... I wanted blue collar astronauts and I got them. I mean, it, Prometheus, I, I do really like Prometheus, but it had that weirdly academic thing going on. But, but this one had fucking eastbound and down running around. Right, right. So I mean, I fully expected him to be like, hold tight. I'm going to fly through some gamma rays and save you bitches. But and his name is he, Tennessee. And that was so dumb. That was yeah. so dumb. Yeah. But, but it was, yeah. but it was wonderful. Yeah. But yeah, I want, I wanted all that shit. I think I got it. I wanted, um, I, I typically want full, Full frontal male nudity, which is weird, I know, but wait, was that in this movie? No, it wasn't, uh, and it, that's just a personal preference. But it reminds <laughs> me that I'm that I'm like in a movie for adults. I just I prefer if there's full frontal male nudity in movies. Um, <laughs> maybe I should admit that. And I want the little mouth thing to pop up. We got that. I want a robot to do something sketchy. We got that. We, we, or, oh, well, we got that in Spades. That's pretty oh, totally much the whole do. movie. That's the whole movie. That was the right? best. That was the best part of it. And they do that thing with it was like Harry Potter with fucking Snape or whatever. Like, what is he gonna do this time? Do, right. Is he gonna do, is he gonna betray us this time? Right. So I I got that. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I got all that stuff. But I did get. We got stuff that there are some things I I didn't like. I don't know. Should we jump to that stuff or? Well, okay. I mean, uh, yeah. No, I think I think. Uh, before we do that, I, I, I want to co-sign everything you said and then also make a few other points about things that I loved. Um, I loved uh, the robot's hair. The, you know, the, the, the fact that he'd been on this planet for so long that he grew these wonderful blonde locks. You're right. Uh, and I like the I like the fact that the the like more broy version of him, kind of the dumb sounded version right. had like the 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 less uh the less flamboyant looking version i like the unassuming well the dumber uh, version basically like michael fassbender's accent for the dumb version was uh basically christopher lambert like he was doing a christopher <laughs> lambert impression with that and uh so i like that i like the uh the apocalypse scene i thought that was great i liked oh how, that's uh, that was one of my favorite parts because it's so can we talk about that real quick yeah, because oh, sure, sure, yeah. I, I loved it so much because we didn't know what they were doing last. Last we saw them on their adventures. <laughs> last we saw, <laughs> what, 
what's her name and her and her friendly severed head partner they they flew away to go on adventures and maybe meet their maker and and, and it was going to be like a like uh, uh you know the beginning of something wonderful right. and the first thing he, that motherfucker does is nukes them yeah. and it make it makes perfect sense for so many reasons because he he is our creation and it fucked him up and we and whereas their creation the alien i know that gets messed with but their creation of the alien fucked us up so our creations are like in this battle to the to the end you know what i mean mm-hmm. like everything that's made is fucking dangerous and plus that scene itself was amazing yeah no it was really well done and i like i like how they foreshadowed it too because like at first i when they first land on the planet and everybody's all charged i was like that's dope don't explain it don't explain it but then they explain it and i'm like okay that was a good choice yeah i don't i agree except i needed them to explain it because i wasn't sure those were those engineers i couldn't they didn't look big enough or something so i was i was was just confused there for a minute no 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 what i'm saying is once i saw the scene i i co-signed it i was like okay i'm glad i'm glad glad they did it (laughs) it's like i knew they were gonna do it and i didn't want them to do it and then they did it and i liked it so um but then i liked uh i liked you kind of touched on it actually. Like I liked how fucking dark it went. They actually show uh, Shaw from Prometheus. They show like what happened to her body, and it's this weird Giger yeah. thing. Like we're from the jaw down. She's just a rib cage, which doesn't make any sense. So it's like holy fuck! Like what happened? And then I liked his layer a lot. I I just I liked how fucking corny it got when it got to him. You know, the, 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 the fucking, the recorder scene where him and the dork robot are sitting there. Oh playing yeah. The recorder. The, the, the that was awesome, that was the, dude. Like that, that, scene, was that scene was like, that scene was at least five minutes long. And I was just it like, should, I could have I watched that for an hour. For sure. No, it was fantastic. <laughs> it was like, so there's these little incredibly bizarro, strange, like touches to the movie, you know, like the, 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 the drawing, like the, it's like the reverse of the, um, failed experiments and alien resurrection you know the whole like kill me uh creature uh it's like the reverse of that in this one where he's actually getting closer and closer to the thing and then i loved i loved to death i loved the uh the halfway alien thing with the with no mouth and then big mouth like i i, I like that i like that thing a lot too where he's like breathing into its face you know oh yeah that, that that's your first clue that he's that he's been doing some Doctor Moreau shit. Yeah, that he's that he's been engineering some shit down there. Yeah, right. that but that kind of touches on where things that I didn't like, and I think um, I think they did demystify the alien a bit. I don't care that if they demystified its existence or its you know it, its uh, uh, evolution. Mm. That doesn't bother me at all. But it's the actual thing being computer generated is very upsetting. Yeah. I think it make I think it makes it look weak. And it fucking gibbered and squawked and screeched. And the first one was relatively silent. I mean, it made some noises uh, only when it was flushed out of the airlock or when they, you know, spray it with that shit when, it, when, when it's hiding. But it's essentially a silent, lurking terror. And they started screeching a lot in Aliens, too, as well. But this thing never shut the fuck up. I mean, it was it was like a, it was like a little monkey. Right. And that just makes it not very scary. Um, I liked the, uh, I don't know if I liked any of the alien itself. I liked everything else though. And, and I feel like that was them pandering that 
they got the memo on the first movie and everybody complained and said, what was that fucking thing at the end? Which I liked whatever that was, that that pointy-headed well, the, one. The, 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 well, I just – at the end of Prometheus, I loved the giant like Cthulhu facehugger thing. Yeah, th- those, those things looked interesting. So this one – they gave them what they wanted. They cried enough. And so they're like, here's your fucking thing. And it looks like Xbox. It's fucking running amok and it doesn't do mm-hmm. – it didn't do much for me. And, it's, and it was too too fucking noisy. So that's – and I didn't want – I don't know. That was – that bugged me. And – but I wouldn't say that it that, – that it gets to a point where it sucks. I think it rallies at the very end. I don't know. Should we spoil it? Well, I mean, I, I feel like I'm going to put a little warning before this. Well, we've, spoil, we've already, we'll spoil we've spoiled so much. It's like, okay. who cares? Well, the fact that he becomes an alien queen, literally, and he's spitting out eggs at the end, that was amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. That when he's going bloop, bloop, yeah. bloop. I love that shit. No, yeah. It makes, well, it makes no sense. Why would they look like that? Why would he put him in the – but I don't have time for that shit because I, I like the image. I want the image of him. Like the only thing that they could have done that would be better is if he dropped his pants and he started shooting them out of his ass. He has become, he's become the queen, and right. I loved it. Right. I love that part. No, no, and that, and, and that's exactly, it. and that's, and I think that touches on like a deeper thing that, that people have to start understanding about movies. Like maybe people who go to movies and they, you know, they're like, "Well, it doesn't make any sense. Why is he, why is he barfing them up? I, I don't, I don't get it." Like maybe movies aren't your thing. Right. Yeah. Like maybe you enjoy some aspects of movies, but maybe they're just actually not really made for you. It's like me. It's it's me with music. Right. I like (laughs) I like uh, like a good beat and some like fun music and stuff. But as soon as you like start doing real musicy shit, I'm I'm off. I'm I'm out of it. I'm like I don't I don't care. You know. And they don't like the things that should bother them. Don't bother them. Like if, if people were bothered by the fact that he was spitting out eggs. But everybody loved the fact that he, he put his finger up to his lips and went shh at the end. That was so stupid. And I hope people in movies don't ever do that again. But they do it all the time right. because it's just like a little sing-songy child in a horror movie. It's for the dumbasses. <laughs> the, the dumbasses love shit like oh, that. It's they getting love, spooky. It's getting spooky. They, yeah, exactly. They love it when somebody looks over and they go shh. I fucking hate that more than anything. Right. So that, that would, I would understand because that's some hack shit. That's for the fucking derps in the audience, right. but they love that shit. They love the dumbest shit. Yeah, no, I'm I'm actually I'm really excited that uh, that he's immediately making the sequel to this. Uh, like they just they charged right into production for for. Alien. They they should, and he has total control over his baby. It's not like Alien Four where the gripe was, oh my god, what has this person done with it? Right. Ridley Scott is, it's his thing. You know, it's his. It's more his thing than Dan O'Bannon. I mean, I know, oh I know Dan God. O'Bannon. It was actually Dan O'Bannon's. Dan O'Bannon was uh, fucking pissed. I, I listened to a podcast with Walter Hill, and uh, uh, Hill said that O'Bannon was really upset with the changes they made because oh, yeah, he wanted def- to be definitely. something. He wanted it to be goofy like Dark Star. He wanted it to be like Dark Star, basically. He did, and plus he wanted or it the terror from beyond space is what it was kind of based on. But if you read Giger's diary. He is going fighting tooth and nail with O'Bannon every step of the way. Everything that makes it memorable, the writer was against. And normally I would side with the writer. Yeah. But th- at this point, I consider the writer the artist. The Giger wrote it, in my mind, because it's all based on his hieroglyphics and his imagery. Sure. All the, the glue that holds it together, um, the stuff that survived is okay, but that first movie doesn't need it. And, and the stuff like the, the, the use-shaped ship, 
Mm-hmm. O'Bannon didn't want that. O'Bannon wanted a few. He's like, no one's going to know that's a ship. They're going to think it's a bone. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's why it's amazing. That's right. why it's amazing. You right. don't get it, dude. Right. Well, Everything well, O'Bannon, was. O'Bannon, like, he's, he's responsible for the seed, but then I feel like Hill stripped it out. And then, like you said, like, Giger filled it back in. And then Ridley Scott made it happen. So it's kind of like it's Hill, Giger, and Scott. Like, those three people had, and... to, had to make that happen. And I would say there's a movie called uh, Planet of the Vampires. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's no vamp there's no vampires in it. But if you watch it, um, there's some imagery that's totally lifted from it. So Ridley Scott must have seen that movie. Right. There's a U-shaped ship. There's a giant humanoid skeleton slumped over uh, uh, um, some sort of um, uh, signal that calls in these people that start to get infected by an alien life form. Uh, okay. There's even, there's even stuff from Prometheus that's in there, like tuning forks to open doors and shit. Mm-hmm. It's, it's clearly a favorite and it's gotta be in Ridley Scott's library or the guy, anybody involved in it is tied up in Ridley Scott's basement. Right. But, but you can't se- you can separate all those people and still probably have the movie because you have Giger's designs and that's unique. That's unique in the film world. Sure. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, there's not very much. Like, everything feels pretty derivative. Oh, you know, like. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I'm trying to think of some other stuff here that I really. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I, guess, I guess we're kind of like eye to eye. I mean, we can try to figure out why people hate Prometheus or hate Covenant. They're, they're t- entitled to their own opinion. I just think that. Actually, no, I don't. I don't believe what I just said. I don't think they're entitled to have an opinion about about a movie because it doesn't. It doesn't. It all falls apart if you if if we have any sort of um, any sort of evidence of movies they've liked in the past, we could use it against them. I mean, I've seen people that are that hate hate Prometheus. It, it, it's it's like the worst thing that ever happened to them. That same person's talking about how much they love Event Horizon. <laughs> Event Horizon. Event Horizon. Wait, is this is, I, this is this Jeff Burke? This sounds like something Jeff Burke would say. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think he said it. But I've seen many people just swear by Event Horizon, which I also love. But I also realize it's terrible. Right. I mean, that is that is a movie which. Okay, I'll give it credit that it's another movie that has a, it's a triumph of set design over everything else, similar to to Alien. Sure. But it also, I don't know. Have you seen it? It opens with at least a half dozen instances of rhyming dialogue i have not seen event horizon in probably 15 years okay i i i have the opening memorized i sometimes i act it out in the car this is what can you hear me all right cool yeah so event horizon event horizon okay so i uh i have the opening scene of event horizon memorized because it's a bunch of rhyming dialogue this is actual dialogue from the movie okay cool so these are four characters in sort of sliding uh science fictiony seats clicking buttons, getting screens ready, and this is what they say. Okay. Someone drops the ball, we get the call. Locked and cocked and ready to rock. Everything green on my screen, Skipper. Woohoo! time to play Spam in a can. <laughs> that is the opening scene of Event Horizon, where people are complaining about Prometheus. So I just want to think. You can watch Event Horizon. Well, there might be a, a dream sequence to open Event Horizon. That's the first time the crew talks. Right. There's at least at least six instances of them rhyming, gib- like techno gibberish. Right. Right. Well, I mean, and that's and that's the whole thing is that 
I, I just want to emphasize something that I feel like we said an hour ago. This is a movie. And do you do you need to like have a refresher course on what a movie is? It's not real. Yeah, it's not I think real. that I wonder how many of them liked the the CGI alien running amok and screeching and hissing. I think that's what they're used to. You know, they're used to Transformers movies. They're used to mm. they're used to what they think is the if there's any sort of proof of money on the screen, they're satisfied. Yeah. Um, have you ever seen the Transformers movies? No. They're, I, I, they're pretty horrendous. I, I haven't seen any of them, honestly. No. I did see the trailer for the new one, which, like, it's oddly compelling to me <laughs> because it's, like, knights now? It's, like, King Arthur? Yeah. And, and I was, like, <laughs> like my the way my brain works is, like, that is so just batshit bonkers, like, weird that I'm oddly compelled to watch the... Yeah. <laughs> the King Arthur Transformers movie, but no, I haven't seen I mean, any of those. I've seen, I think I've seen them all at some point because I've watched them at home. I watched the first two in the theater, but I don't know why I do because you, you can't. I mean, good luck t- trying to figure out what's going on. It's right. it's nothing but things, just computer blocks moving around. It, it looks like a, a digitized screen that won't come into focus, or right. um, the way I described it was. Uh, uh, it looks like watching elephants shitting thousands of Pepsi cans. <laughs> like elephants shitting Pepsi cans, but also their tails are spinning, so the shit Pepsi cans <laughs> are going like. <laughs> that's that's what Transformers looks like. Right. Reds and reds and blues and silvers just all spraying in every direction. <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> Uh, anyway oh that's good but yeah, yeah, yeah. so basically uh, I, I guess i see what you're saying it's like so the alien was okay so i'm coming at that from kind of a different view as you because like I, I do agree with you that practical effects obviously are the best and that nothing in alien covenant looks as good as really anything in alien or aliens or alien 3 really i mean there was a weird a uh, couple of sequences in like Alien Three and Resurrection that look weirdly fake because they're computer generated or whatever they're using, but um, I do have to say that as far as CGI goes, stay with me here. As far as C- <laughs> as far as CGI goes, this movie was one of the best ones that I've seen so far. Yeah, it looked pretty um, which good. I, don't, I, think I, they... I mean, I don't know if it's... But I don't think it's ever going to be able to... What I don't understand is that I know that they can use uh, computer graphics to, like, enhance uh, 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 actual real f- things. So I don't, right, know right. Why, I don't know why they don't just make puppets and then enhance them with CGI. Because I feel like that right. would look so much better. It's because know? somewhere along the line, people decided it was enough. They said, oh, that looks like what a movie's supposed to look like, which means it looks like shit. But they recognize it as a film, and they know that that's as far as they have to go with it. Right. And I would I would say it looks it looks decent for CGI, but Prometheus looked better, I thought. I thought that CGI in Prometheus was pretty immaculate as far as it went. And I think it had, a lot of it has to do with uh, giving it some weight. The biggest problem with these CGI creatures is they look like they have no weight to them. Mm. They, they they zip around too much, yeah. and if That's and true. to the give big, something the big like face hugger thing had a really good like feeling of size to it. 
Right. And that comes with the slow motion. I think Mm -hmm. whenever I see CGI in slow-mo, it's way, way better because it it has that sort of uh, added weight to it. Mm -hmm. Um, And credit where credit's due, uh, Michael Bay, whenever he uses CGI, he loves slow motion because he knows it looks better. It looks like something has some sort of weight and heft to it. So the alien at the end of this one, it starts just going apeshit on the top of the spaceship. That looked terrible to me because it was zipping around and hopping and running and capering and giggling and like get that fucking leprechaun out of here. You know, it doesn't it's supposed to slink around and barely be seen. That's why the shower scene I thought worked better. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, the shower scene was pretty good. And I liked the callback to aliens with it hopping around that tube. I like aliens hopping around tubes, but anytime they looked at it, <laughs> Anytime they looked at it on like a, a closed circuit TV thing, it looked fake as shit. Like when they yeah. would call it up and be like, "Oh, there it goes," and it's like that doesn't that is. Yeah. And it would feel and like that... I, I would feel like because you could add distortion to the camera and stuff, like that's when it should have looked the realest, right? Right. Isn't that the? That's why they always have rain with yeah. CGI because rain disguises those those fake edges. Um, but yeah, I, I other other than that, the movie was was pretty beautiful. I mean, he knows how to make a good looking movie. Oh, that's a bad. That was the best part, actually, is that when they were uh, initially landing and approaching the the ship and just walking through that forest, right? I right. That's the part I think for me that could have gone on for the whole movie because the rain was going. It looked pretty. I was like, this is this is pretty relaxing, you know? Yeah, Which and is, it looks it looks great. Which is something that I think like like too many horror directors like don't get is that if you really want to amp up the the shit at the end like make make the parts that aren't scary actually like pleasurable because then you're like yeah. oh man I wish I could go back to just like it just be in trees oh totally dude you know no totally that's why I can't I can't even pay attention to a movie that starts in the dark and never gets out of like a basement or something I think the best horror movies um, the best movies period are in brightly lit. Uh, daylight. I think that that there's something about that that engages the eye. I think it's almost impossible for people to pay attention if you start a movie at night. And I um, starting on a spaceship, I think, is a, a bit of a loophole. Especially in these movies, they flicker on some fluorescent lights, mm-hmm. and they they kind of wake you up. But if if you start a movie in that murk, um, you can end there. But to start it there is just it's just tough to pay attention. Right. And this one, the movie looked beautiful. Like you said, that uh, the, Dave, the David character is a full-on villain at this point. And his evil Dr. Moreau lair of his fucking Frankenstein monsters was amazing. Yeah. And he, so he – and I guess we're supposed to assume that at some point he was just like, fuck it. And he killed his friend and started experimenting on her. That's fucked up. Yep. And he's a – He's a fucking straight up Nazi now, right? Like a literal Nazi. He's yeah, listening he's, to he's, he's Goebbels. He's listening to Wagner. He's doing like dubious Nazi science. He's got the the look. I mean, they just he just embraced it. They in the last movie they're tiptoeing around it. You know, he was more Lawrence of Arabia than Aryan. Mm-hmm. But in this movie, they're just like fuck it. He's gone. He's off the deep end, and he's everybody wants a good villain. Yeah. And if the alien didn't didn't fulfill that role because the alien was a fucking Xbox game, I think that character fulfilled the role as the villain, and that was enough. That was enough for me. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Good and enough. I, and I feel like I feel like that, but that's kind of true of you know, pretty much any alien movie had a villain outside of the actual alien, except for Alien, which the the very first movie, the bad guy is definitely the creature, but like I mean, right. Alien Two, it was a uh, Paul Reiser. And then uh, 
what Alien Three. It was uh, well, I guess well, the co- it was the company. You know, it was the yeah. And, but that's what I, those movies are great because they're they have a healthy distrust of authority. Authority is bad news in those movies. It's it's kind of like the zombie movie tradition. You don't want to come across the military. You don't want to come across any sort of established authority figure because you can't trust them in a in a situation like that. Well, it's kind of like it's kind of like the alien movies are about like if you think about it, it's kind of about like the the military industrial complex like co-opting some weird little app that some dude in his basement made, right? Like that's uh, that's basically what the whole series is about. Like this this weird guy, or this, I guess he's a, <laughs> he's a he's a robot, but you know he he makes these creatures like these perfect biological weapons, and then the rest of it is just Waylon Yutani trying to like get that shit. You know, it's like oh man, yeah, we put that on a planet, like, it's done. And I and I love the fact that when the one robot said um, we got rid of uh, emotions and complications because you kind of scared us. Right. And uh, I love the fact that his motivations don't have to be logical. You know, it's not a fucking, it's not, he's not a, a logical creature. And that's why after the movie, we were all talking about um, when he nuked the planet, you know, with the biohazard and people, and somebody was like, I don't understand why he did that. And I said, it makes perfect sense. He, he did it because it was the act of someone who's passionate about something. he, Think about his last encounter with those creatures. He tried to talk to him and one ripped his fucking head off. Mm-hmm. So basically it's payback time. Like he's, right. imagine how hard it was to put that head back on. Yeah. So he gets, he gets there and he's like, I'm not going to go down to a planet of these head rippers. Right. I'm just going to fucking lay waste to it. Right. Start over, you know? And I, I don't know if are we supposed to, this is a question I have for you. So he messed up. It was supposed to be an indication that he was malfunctioning when he when he confused Byron and Shelley. Do you remember that moment where? Oh, that was dumb. Yeah, that was. Really what dumb. was happening there? Yeah, no, I, I I really do I do think that like with that particular uh, uh, oh yeah because it, it was it was it was supposed to be one of those like tension builders. You know, this was mean? a it was a horror movie moment. Like, whoops, you got me. Yeah, yeah, which it's like. A, a creature that is, or a, a robot, I guess in this case, that is capable of creating an entire new uh, bio weapon in the form of a actual creature uh, is not going to make a mistake like that, right? So, so that uh, like whoever took issue with the with the Byron and Shelley thing, uh, like I get it, but I also do think that like again from a story perspective, you know, that might be th- th- there might have been something there, you know, there might have been a point that was trying to be. To, to been made, you know, about how, uh, you know, uh, and who knows how many rewrites we're looking at, you know, there might've been, yeah, 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 clear, yeah. clearly the, 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 uh, the Christian captain, clearly the victim of some rewrites. Like at some oh, point yeah, yeah. Which there I was think, a, I think, I think Billy Crudup <laughs> did really well though. I do think With, that he, that even he though you, well. you know, there's a full half hour somewhere else where he makes some sort of sense. <laughs> right. I like right. it. I like him as an ineffectual captain. Cause that, that's the tradition. Right. But that weird faith shit, you know there's a bunch more that just did right. not make it to the movie. Well, and I think that that's what I think that that's what a lot of people aren't getting with Prometheus and Alien in general, too, is that Ridley Scott has entered this new period, right? He's telling this very kind of broad stroke, uh, almost Gnostic narrative, right? Like it's, uh-huh. it's, it's a Gnostic Christian narrative, 
that's going on right and, now. And it and it's a and it's a little pedantic, you know, the right. who 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 made who kind of shit. But he's I mean he, so he's he is he is hundred and fifty years old. You know, like <laughs> so he, he gets to have he gets to have that moment. Yeah, like the, like that's his thing. Like this is him trying to figure out life, and de- like he's working with very broad themes. And anytime you do and that, plus, and you try to fit it into a pop narrative. It's going to be clumsy, right? Like, yeah, and, be- and and you got to give the guy credit. Just uh, what a year ago, two years ago, he made The Martian, which, as far as entertainment, uh, is pretty efficient and pretty much perfect the yeah. the best movie you could have could have made with the material yeah. and a slam dunk in every way like th- that guy's in his 70s and he hit a home run right there so now he got to get a little trashy he's like i've got some of this these space uh, suits sitting around right. let's get a little let's get a little gooey right, right so right. so you let him do it you know and, and he's doing the next one he's like I, I really do think that you get to a certain point and you're like I've had this mythos in my head forever and I'm just going to like, <laughs> he's going to make eight alien movies and then die at 98 years old. So I, I think, I think that's what we have in store. So if you don't like it now, well tuck, tuck in. Cause it's just, it's going to keep happening <laughs> at this point. He could sell, he could self finance like six of these movies. Oh shit. I lost you. It keeps, it keeps just dropping off. It sounds like it's winding down and then you vanish. Yeah, that's okay. It's all right. Yeah, no, but I, what I was saying is that like at this point he's got enough money to self finance like six of these movies. So like they're going to have I love that he's into him. You know, it's like uh, George Miller. He George Miller had a, you know, he, he went in, in different tangents and made Oscar winning and Oscar nominated movies. They were very mainstream. But, you know, deep in his heart, he wants to get back to the fucking desert and do Mad Max movies right. and do that, do that kind of genre trashier stuff. And, you know, you should we should be thankful that these fucking billionaires who could write their own ticket are still interested in genre movies because otherwise what else are you going to watch? You know what I mean? You're going to get, I, I mean, there's, there's not a whole lot for us out there. Um, oh, the, you're going to get fucking superhero movies. The state People's, of movies is like fucking abysmal right now. It's really it's fucking terrible. This is another, speaking of Mad Max, um, I was going to ask you about this trend because I saw people talking about it. I didn't realize there was a black and white version of the new Wolverine movie. Yeah. Did you see that? I I, I, so, I didn't see it no but I, I I know what you mean yeah um I I liked the movie Logan as far as what it was I think it's the best of the of that bunch but I thought it was pretty safe and not not amazing but I am curious about the black and white version but I think something weird's happening where now they did that with Logan and they did it with Mad Max they did it with the mist which made sense to me because it suited the material and it hid the shitty effects but I don't understand the the need to do it to a to a western looking movie or a desert movie because it's it's like you got Stark on Stark. Why you you it makes sense to do it to Manhattan, right? To do it to a Woody Allen movie to make a city look yeah. black and white. But yeah. why I don't remember a fine tradition of black and white westerns. So why are why are they doing why is there this urge to make these things black and white? The people say, "Well, they look really striking." But they look striking because it's the fucking desert. Yeah. Well, no, you're I already think, you've I, already got it. You've already got the striking. I think that it has to do actually with like the crowdsourcing of these ideas, right? Which you know, once a movie comes out like Logan, it's a superhero movie that kind of, as far as I understand it, it goes against tradition because it's got a, it's it's a western, right? Like it's a it's it's got that kind of like crime narrative to it. Sure, sure. And so, so people's immediate reaction to that is like, "This is like a noir. It should be in but black and white." 
And then I but think it's, that, like, but it's not. It's like it's like the most melodramatic of westerns. It's like Shane, first of all, which was in beautiful color, right. because when you're out on a fucking horse in the desert, you there's much more impact with that blue sky I, and I that fucking that, sand. You I know, think that may, I think that like what's happening, like, and it happened with Fury Road too, is that like for some reason people tend to think that like if you make it black and white, it's a little bit more serious, right? And, so, that, and it's so it's so silly because. Fury Road has things that actually rely on color, not to the extent of Schindler's List with the girl in the red dress, but you do have a guy, you have a very striking image of a guy in bright red with a flaming guitar. You kind of, you kind of, isn't that going to be lost in black and white? Plus you have people spraying chrome on their face. Isn't that going to be lost in black and white? So is the purpose just because it helps people take it seriously and they can. That's it. That's like, you know, that like it's literally, it's it's, no, it's literally just a thing that people do where they're like, they're basically saying that, you know, the composition of the shot and the things that are in the shot are so compelling and so beautiful that you can wash the color out of them and it still creates a compelling like palette. Still important. But the thing is, it's, it's, it's fake, it's fake black and white. It's not even really black and white. It's, it's like going through Picasso on your fucking computer I will say that the mist made perfect sense in black and white because that was a big extended Twilight Zone episode anyway, mm-hmm. and it and it looked like the Twilight Zone to me. And it and again it it made that the the idea of a mist kind of clouding things it helps hide things even more. Right. So that that worked. But then to notice how that's the opposite of a blazing blue sky in the desert. You know what I mean? Right. Right. So why turn that why turn that gray? I don't get it because it's because it's an important film. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my my, re- my review of Logan was safe as milk. It is Whoa. the safest. Wow. It is the safe. It is one of the safest things that the uh, superhero genre has done. Even if it pretends like it's not because he's stabbing people in the head. It and is it's not. Like, it's not like, subversive. It's they, not subversive. They put like Johnny Cash on the soundtrack. Oh, my God. Like, can we retire? Cash is hurt. Yeah. Can we retire when the man comes around? I mean, I I know I lo- I love that song and dude, I lift the, weights. The, 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 the first I do, I do you, chin ups. You said I lift weights to it. I, I do, do chin ups. <laughs> I'm sitting there doing chin ups to Johnny Cash all the time, and I imagine you know the man comes around. But <laughs> the, no, because it was first in uh like it was when when did was, Dawn of the Dead in, come out? It was in Dawn of the, it was in the Dawn of the Dead remake. It was yeah, the opening credits. One was that? And it was a great. Con- yeah, yeah, and it was a great contrast because well, it wasn't that early. It was, uh, I feel like it was around like 2005. Hold on, I got a computer here. Oh, we'll answer this. Answer this question. Dawn yeah. of the Dead. I'm guessing it was the credit sequence for Dawn of the Dead. 2004. Close. 2004. 2004 yeah. But did you notice how well that worked? Because it was the contrast. It was unexpected. Never. But when you have before. Johnny, yeah. When you have Johnny Cash over a western, it's like. How is that a contrast? Does that make any sense? Right. They should have had fucking uh, Justin Bieber. That would have been a well, bold they, choice. <laughs> I always imagine the the end of American Werewolf in London where they play that fucking Blue Moon song and it just takes you out. Do you, you remember the end of it? There's yeah, a really yeah, sad yeah. sad ending and then the credits roll and it goes, bom, 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 darg, darg, darg. <laughs> And the whole theater is like, I don't, I don't, I don't feel like I'm supposed to feel. <laughs> so I feel like if Logan would have started with, bomb, 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 dang, 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 
that would have been the... is that like it, it, it feels really <laughs> weird because I, I think that they they take all these tropes and these like symbols of things that are supposed to be serious and and they they put them all into a movie and we're all supposed to just be like this is very serious stuff right this is and it's like but the stuff that was actually serious was like dawn of the dead which wasn't a serious movie at all like it was a fun i think like I think horror the remake, movie and then like when I you get the to the end remake and is amazing yeah no no it's it's fantastic and then when you get to the end you know it plays that song and you're like holy shit it does it it has an effect on you right because well it's it's, it's completely like dawn of the dead to me is completely uh unpretentious like it's a very unpretentious movie the remake right like it is I, I want to give you. I want to uh, correct you just slightly, though. They play "Man Comes Around" at the beginning, and at the end, it's even more beautiful. They play "Disturbed." <laughs> Wait, they play "Disturbed" when they get to the island, and it's like all the, the they're supposed yeah. to be getting there to, to to like this place that doesn't have zombies, and the zombies fuck them all. Yeah, are you sure? That, yeah, I'm pretty sure because they play "Disturbed" in the middle, but they have this sort of uh, like bar crooner version where so they're the man comes around a, is at the beginning of Dawn of the Dead very beginning because it starts off with when the when you see the world turn into shit as soon as the as soon as the she the girl crashes her car yeah uh and birds fly up into the sky and the song starts and it ends with the white house getting overwhelmed i see okay okay all right well i messed that up but anyway but like but it it, it i just i just actually do you just got actually i yeah no but it's fine because it's it's actually true but like uh but i guess the point is overall with that movie like you know the the being unpretentious like makes the important scenes hurt more you know what i mean then if you're like this is very like look at logan he's old as fuck Oh, see, dude, that's the thing about Logan is it, it tells me how important it is. And it's it's like the family guy quote. It, it insists upon itself. Right. You know, I was I was I was so tired of being told how important it was. And I have a theory about that movie. The people that really, really love it. This is going to sound pretty dick, but they're a bunch of dads. Everybody on Facebook who loves this movie like it's the fucking second coming. Like it's the like it's the man coming around on his pale horse. They're a I bunch wonder- of they're a wonder, bunch of dads. I wonder so they how, I wonder how Ben Whitmer feels about it. <laughs> they're a bunch of dads. And I just bought. Ha- I just bought a new gun. <laughs> ben Whitmer's down in the spider hole right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're fucking dads, so they imagine themselves like dying nobly in front of their child and shit. And it's like, come on, come right, on, dude. Right, right. Rob, Rob Hart lifting his like about to lift some weights and watch <laughs> Logan. <laughs> Rob Hart's doing jiu-jitsu or some shit, isn't he? Isn't I'm he? doing He's jiu-jitsu fucking... too. Maybe he and I should fight one day. That'll be fun. Okay. Okay. Now this is gonna this is gonna sound kind of obnoxious too, but it's that it's that time of the show. Yeah. So I, I, there's just something really embarrassing about white people doing martial arts. <laughs> I think... <laughs> it's true. I mean, but wait, 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 it looks good on you though, bro. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. When I do it, it's totally cool, man. It's totally cool. Oh, that's so true. Yeah, it's no, true. Yeah. I mean, I'm doing chin-ups like a moron, so that that's even more idiotic. But something about martial arts, it's just so embarrassing. Right, right, like, right. Like, white, white people should be throwing clumsy right hands, mm-hmm. cheap, cheap shots, and that's all, that's all they're allowed to do. 
Perfect. They don't get to be crouching tiger. Well, no, when I, when I go in, what I do is I do, I do a lot of exercise and then I meditate and then I, I pay an Asian guy to play a recorder. Uh, <laughs> And <laughs> I stand in front of a flame and talk to my ancestors, and then I go to jujitsu class. <laughs> oh shit! It's very cool. Oh. It's very cool. I'm on the Steven Seagal path. So in like <laughs> ten years, like, dude, have you heard? Like, dude, I didn't realize because I, I used to watch Steven Seagal movies. But did you know that his like they filmed his first movie when he was like 35 years old? So like Steven Seagal has always been old. And he, yeah, he's an old crazy stuntman or something, right? Yeah, former yeah. former he, military he, asshole. He practices some kind of the martial art that he practices, it emphasizes like lack of movement, right? Like you just do like quick movement. And so now like so basically like in his earlier movies it was kind of cool cuz he was like dismantling people, you know, like with like three moves or whatever. But now literally like he's got these new movies on Netflix and he just fucking sits in a chair. Like he doesn't get out of the chair and he just like beats people's ass. <laughs> My favorite Steven Seagal moment was in Out to Justice when he he's beating the shit out of an entire bar. And there's a guy that he keeps repeatedly pushing into a phone booth and clothing, closing the door. And it, it doesn't really make much sense, but he just keeps shoving him in there and closing the door. And I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. Like he can't like I'm not even going to bother with you. I'm just going to put you in the phone booth. <laughs> Well, sir, I, I think I, I think that's uh, that's a pod, that's almost two hours. That's a podcast oh, right there. Oh fuck! Oh, that, there we go. We yeah. did it again. Yeah, there we, we go. did it. But we'll uh, we'll have to we'll have to talk about the next movie that we both watch at the same time. Um, yeah, we're, yeah. There's got to be some big event movie maybe, coming maybe, out. Like, oh, well, whatever happens, we should to go. That, see, uh, that, we should go that, see Wonder Woman. That's we'll go. We'll oh. crash crash the all the all woman screening. Yeah. How do you how do you feel, how do you feel about that? Oh well, I think it's a, I think it's a hilarious marketing tool. I think, I think that um, <laughs> it's kind of like it's kind of like Ghostbusters. You know, we're treading some fucking waters now. I think I'm glad I waited. Finally, we're allowed to talk about how Ghostbusters sucked. I had to wait a whole fucking year right. for the politics around it to die down, so we could talk about how that remake sucked. I don't know if this movie's any good, but I know for a fact that. Well, I don't know for a fact, but it's clearly a marketing ploy. People are such fucking suckers, man. Can you imagine any other thing where they say uh, they pull the Tom Sawyer whitewashing the fence ploy? Yeah. And they're like, you, like you, this is you super are, cool. You're not allowed to do it. You're not allowed to go see it. And I mean, I, I props to fucking uh, Alamo Drafthouse for coming up with this scheme. But, you know, they they say. They're having this screening for all women. That's great. They find two fucking morons on Twitter who are throwing a fit. And then I got every fucking person in my Facebook feed who is going to fight the good fight by giving their fucking hard-earned money to these billionaires. They're like, I've got, I'm going to wait patiently until I can go, some dude says. <laughs> I, and I've got my ticket now. Shut the fuck up, dude. What what a crusade. What a revolution. Make sure you put that money in their hand, man. Right, like it's right. They fall for it so easily. And Alamo Drafthouse laughed all the way to the bank because they probably knew, here I got, they got a superhero movie. Superhero movies are starting to underperform. This one has a, a woman... Uh, uh, protagonist they traditionally underperform so what's a really clever thing to do is to have this thing and it already paid off because they already put out a thing and said you know what we're going to do because of all these people screaming all these uh, sexes screaming we're going to have another screening and then people cheer some more they've done three it's now like, 
It's at three. Yeah. It's like, come on, you guys. Are, are you guys that big of suckers? I mean, it's I'm, it's a wonderful thing. Go, I have no, no problem with the all-woman screening of anything. We're getting exactly to 14 minutes, and then it'll shut off. So oh, okay. that, 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 that's our time. So we got 14 more minutes. But 14 I, more minutes. I, I, so I, I want to I keep talking about this. Cause... Well, just to, just to sum up, I mean, I, at, the, at the risk of getting my – I mean, I'm – as you you know me, so you know I'm a fucking bleeding heart liberal. But I'm also from the '80s, so I'm a little confused by by neoliberalism, mm-hmm. where it's com- it seems combined with um, combined with commercialism. So yeah. you've got people that might normally be considered um, people that are probably think they're doing the right thing, but they're combining it with uh, with capitalism. So it makes for this. It's a bizarre fucking hybrid that gets pretty gross pretty quick. It's it's woke corporatism is what it is. Yeah, yeah, and it's fucking – it's so transparent, man, and I don't know. Well, Dave, that's about all the time we got today. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I like how it got, it got weird at the end. We talked about how movies start off in the daylight and they end up in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> and it really did. This, this, one, this one got real. But, it ended uh, up in the dark with us, with us gibbering and slinking around like little chattering little nasty monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dude. Thanks so much for coming. Right. This this should be a fun one. I'll put it up soon. All right, man. Have a good night. All right, you too. Later. Bye. Right, bye.